Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and this is your Thursday Quickie, which is also episode number 189. And we only have one more episode left, which is going to air next Monday, the 21st, with Dr. Chris Powers. Before the holidays come, Christmas and New Year's, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus, and we will return with a doozy of a show, I promise you that on January 4th. So be on the lookout for that because it is an amazing, amazing episode. I have to say it's pretty spectacular. Now getting on to this week's Thursday quickie. It is a continuation of my conversation with physical therapist Jennifer Green Wilson on leadership. And in today's episode, we talk about female leadership in the world of physical therapy. And why aren't there more physical therapy leaders that are women? I don't know. We talk about it in this podcast. So if you listen, you'll get a little more insight into that. And we also issue a challenge, and I'm going to make that challenge a little more specific right now. So there is a conference through the American Physical Therapy Association, uh, the private practice section, It is the PPS conference, and it happens, it was just a few weeks ago in November in Orlando, Florida. The next conference, which is the 60th anniversary of the private practice section, is going to be next year at the Wynn in Las Vegas. And in the history, the 15-year history of this PPS conference, there has never once been a female keynote speaker. Crazy, right? It doesn't even seem possible that in an occupation or a profession where almost 70% of the people are women, there has never been a female keynote speaker at the PPS conference. Jennifer and I think this is crazy. And so we have issued all of the listeners a challenge. I want you to go on to Twitter, tag me. I'm at Karen Litzy NYC, tag Jennifer Wilson at J G dubs. That's J G D as in David, U-B-S, and that's B as in boy, S. So tag either one of us and just say, I nominate, choose your favorite female powerhouse leader in business, marketing, whatever, for the keynote speaker at PPS 2016. So I know who my vote is. So I would love to nominate Marie Forleo. She's smart. She's savvy. She's incredibly successful. She's sassy. She's a great speaker. She would be perfect. So on Twitter, I'm going to write, I nominate Marie Forleo for a keynote speaker for the PPS conference in 2016. And you can even tag the PPS. I think it's at PPS underscore APTA. So make sure you go online and do that. Because I think it's really important that there is some female representation in the keynote speakers. It's insane. It's crazy. Anyway, so Jennifer and I talk about that. We talk about female leadership and physical therapy in this week's Thursday Quickie. So enjoy. Have a great weekend. And stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Welcome to the Thursday Quickie. This is Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and 
I am continuing my conversation that I had on Monday with Jennifer Green Wilson, who is a physical therapist and the principal of the Institute for Business Literacy and Leadership. If you missed Monday's episode, get on it. It was really good. A lot of great information on leadership, on how to be a good leader, on what Jennifer is doing, bringing leadership to entry-level uh, physical therapy education, healthcare education. Um, it was it was a great talk. And and like I said on Monday, we had there was one more question that we that uh, I wanted to cover, and we kind of ran out of time, so we're we're going to cover it now. Um, so Jennifer, thanks for sticking around and, and being on for the Thursday quickie. Perfect. Um, okay. So the the last question, like I said, it's a juicy one, and I touched upon this when I did my my own individual wrap-up of the PPS conference, which was held in Orlando a couple of uh, weeks ago, last month in November. So here's the question. Jennifer, why do you think there are not more female leaders in the physical therapy world? So, you know, I think what's really interesting, Karen, is so our profession is mostly female-dominated. And so if you go to combined sections, if you go to any of our um, various national activities, we're really demonstrating, or even in practice, in clinical practice, we're demonstrating our demographics. As soon as you go to private practice section, annual conference, so it's quite shocking um, that our demographics change dramatically. And so it's been interesting over the course of several years trying to really understand and connect with you know, female business owners, practice owners. So what was it that got you interested, excited, you know, to be more entrepreneurial, to take this on and whatever? And so it is it is an observation. It's a real observation. And it's really trying to figure out, okay, so what is the conversation? How do we help support our demographics? What's going on? So what's been interesting is, you know, mindset, I think, is really important. I think if you look at some of the work, I'm actually teaching a new course um, next year for um, St. John Fisher College for their MBA program about women in leadership hmm. and really starting to link the evidence behind. So what are some of these myths, realities, perceptions, you know, going on and how do we break through some of these things? You know, mindset is really important. The first person you lead is you. I think that we have an opportunity that we could support each other more and better within our profession, women to women. Unfortunately, so the, the literature shows, the evidence shows that affirmation, a key part of helping women to take on more of that leadership role is the affirmation process. So that means, you know, coaching, mentoring, guiding facilitating, how can we help support each other, affirm each other. The challenge is there's another phenomenon out there, which is horizontal violence. And in female-dominated professions like education, like nursing, and I believe it's we've got it in physical therapy, unfortunately, it's the peer-to-peer -peer sort of female-to-female -female bullying. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when we could be supporting each other, we've got some of these passive-aggressive behaviors. And we're not helping ourselves. And so how do we how do we sort of break through some of that? I think we have to be more intentional. I think we have to um so for example at CSM 
Um, we, I know I'm part of two different sessions, one with private practice section and one with HPA the Catalyst that we're actually going to be talking about and helping to guide and support um, women so that they feel affirmed and that we're building the mindset and we're helping to support them and connect them to the resources to help them move into leadership roles. I think that's key. One observation this past uh, combined sections, and actually Sharon was part of our session um, uh, this past February, was we did bring up sort of the, the elephant in the room about this relational aggression, and we broke out into small groups. And I would say probably about 70 people that came to our session actually came to the small group that I was facilitating. And I asked the question, so how many of you have experienced this passive-aggressive, horizontal violence kind of whatever? And I would say about 60 hands went up. Wow. So it's a real phenomenon out there, and we have to we have to break through that somehow. You know, nursing, that's part of the culture. They will say nurses eat their own, eat their young, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay with being part of a profession that's okay with that. Mm -hmm. And so I really think we need to bring those elephants out in the room. We need to talk about it, and we need to help each other understand how we deal with some of those not-so-okay behaviors and stand up against or in support of affirm and um, and then be able to find our voice yeah yeah no I think that's great advice and when you sort of talk about that horizontal violence or bullying um, are or peer-to-peer -peer, are you talking sort of female to female kind of peer-to-peer -peer? well so the, there's a or resource just in general yeah, the WorkplaceBullyingInstitute.org um, is a, a resource. They have 10 years of data. Um, they have been working with workplaces in general. It's not just healthcare specifically. But they will show the incidence of female-to-female -female kind of bullying, male-to-female kind of bullying, you know, sort of some of those demographics. Mm -hmm. I think that, unfortunately, you know, the phenomena of the female-to-female -female kind of horizontal violence aspect is it is this power linked to sort of oppression. And so in class we studied this when I was doing my, my doctoral studies. And so when you think about it, nursing as a profession, historically speaking, has sort of been oppressed by physicians, right? Physician sure. sex, physician power. And so what's happening is even education, if you think about higher education, the culture of higher education is very hierarchical. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got your junior faculty and senior faculty and this whatever and so on. So when you start getting power, hierarchy, oppression involved, that's when you start to see some of these behaviors that are not necessarily the healthy behaviors. And some of the behaviors could be unconscious. I'm not saying that they're all intentional, mm -hmm. but I really think that you know this whole aspect of why don't we have more leaders in physical therapy as a profession you know in practice whether business ownership or whatever um, we have a great opportunity to try and set up a, a mentorship um, conversation lots of conversation whatever build some of the skills so that we're better at self-advocacy we're better at negotiating um, another sidebar is you know in private practice um, a lot of private practice owners will say males will always counter an offer, females won't. 
So what's going on? Like, how can we help to guide, support, affirm ourselves so that we're better prepared for being very successful in these, you know, leadership kinds of opportunities? And so we've got it. We've got to support each other. I think that's so key. And what are the talks that you're doing at CSM? So the the one talk I'm doing um, through HPA, it's with Janet Besner and Ira Gorman, and we're actually talking about how we can build more collaborative, respectful relationships. So the the concept is if we're more inclusive as a culture, and I like to say that I think the men that we do attract to our profession are really cool because I think they are really good at emotional intelligence and relationships mm-hmm. and whatever. So I think we have some great opportunities to explore this um, gender identity bias and how do we break through some of these things so that we can collaborate better. And then the second one is sponsored through private practice section. So it's Sandra Norby, Amy Arundel, Wendy Featherstone and myself and we're talking about igniting women in leadership and how we break through what's called the Goldilocks syndrome. So, you know, how we, well, so basically what that means is, you know, Goldilocks, the porridge is too hot or too cold or the, you know, whatever. And so it's starting to stop questioning, are we too soft? Are we too assertive? Are we too aggressive? Are we too whatever? And really start being who we are, that authentic style, leadership, whatever. Embrace being feminine. You know, if you look at the literature, women actually have a high capacity for emotional intelligence, that connection in relationships. Yeah. So we could be highly effective. Our styles might be different, but how do we start to build that, um, that opportunity to support each other and break through some of these myths and, and really get people the access to the resources? Yeah. And I think, you know, traditionally speaking, when you hear a lot of women in leadership roles, it's, you always hear like, I feel like I have to walk that line of, well, if I'm too aggressive, then I'm the bitch. Yep. And then all of a sudden, guess who's not respecting your leadership, your followers. Right. Um, Now, does that same thing happen in, in a male role? He's just assertive. But then the question becomes, do the followers still not respect him? And, and so, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, and so, Karen, those, those are, when you look at the evidence that's out there, absolutely. Those are, those are some of the myths and some of the themes and perceptions and realities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the characteristics that are prized in men in you know, strong leadership are not necessarily prized in women. And, you know, so how do we start breaking through some of these myths mm-hmm. and authentically lead um, so that we still can lead as as women and be effective and building those relationships. And, you know, so Sandra Norby is really great at saying that she knows sometimes within private practice section she has to hang out at the bar and she's not necessarily drinking a glass of wine. She's having a scotch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so how do we how do we connect with our colleagues understanding the reality? So part of that is we have to adapt to the cultures and we have to get into the cultures before we can influence the systems. And if we just try and, you know, break through in a hard way, we might not be successful. So what are some strategies and tactics that we can build our influence and our circle of influence um, to be successful? Yeah, what, what, what are some? 
Oh, so <laughs> I I think I'm going to say if you come to CSM, we're going to have strategies ready. Great. Great. That's a, that's awesome. And and again, for those if you're unaware, CSM is the combined sections meeting. It's in Anaheim. It's in February, what is it, the 17th? 17th through the 20th. Yeah, yep. 17th through the 20th. Um, so I, I think it's I what I find sometimes, and I've said this on on this show before and I've said it to peers, is that sometimes I feel like I have to, if I have a great idea, I have to tell it to a man in order for it to be implemented. Or, so, or, or just to be heard. Or I'll say something, and then like five minutes later, someone else will say something, be like, wow, it's a great idea. A man will say it. Wow, it's great. I'm like, I just said it. I literally, I literally just said it. Or I, I did an interview once, and I had mentioned something. And then like two days later, a blog post from a guy comes up, and it's like, Hey, no one's really talking about this, so let's talk about it. I'm like, I just, I literally just talked about it, and and it's just so Karen, sort that's, of flown over, and so I think that's yeah. a little frustrating. Oh well, so that's the role of self advocacy. So again, this is part of how we can be assertive, and um, and sort of and under sort of reframe assertiveness, not necessarily that it's aggressiveness. But that it's assertiveness, that it's kind of standing up to, standing up for, speaking up. So in that particular case, I would uh, piggyback on, you know, when your male colleague says that, then you piggyback right on that to say, hey, I'm so excited that so-and-so just brought this up because I had mentioned this several days ago. So I'm so glad to hear that you think it's a great this. idea. Yeah. So it's kind of holding holding your own through the process, mm -hmm. and you don't have to be the bee through the process, but you do have to hold your own. And I like to say it's it's sort of those eyeball to eyeball conversations that sometimes we we're not necessarily as self confident in our ideas or whatever. And so that self advocacy piece, learning how to be a really good self advocate. And, and sticking up for yourself, standing up for yourself, having those eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball conversations, it's incredibly important. And gaining that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and confidence is key, right? Right. And so that's, that's why I think that supporting each other, we have a great capacity because we have great talent to support each other. Sure. We have to stop tearing each other down, like that sort of passive-aggressive behaviors, and we have them. We demonstrate them, and we demonstrate them in practice. We demonstrate them within our association, mm -hmm. and we've got to we've got to maybe call out on those behaviors. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe somebody's not aware that they're they're having that kind of impact or whatever. Um, and you know, I also might say that that could be a private sidebar conversation you could have to that your male colleague at some point to say, hey, were you aware that that was an idea that I suggested? Next time, you know, I love the, love the fact that you like that idea. Next time, would you mind mentioning my name? Mm -hmm. That, you know, mm -hmm. that's where you got the idea from or right, whatever. Right, Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a nice way to do it as well. Um, so it's, it seems like the best thing that women in PT can do to impact our leadership roles is to support each other, to mentor each other, to listen, to be authentic, and to be good self-advocates. Yes, right? and, I, and I also think that we, we have an opportunity, and so one of the things I've been thinking about 
I'm doing, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm hoping to do it soon, is HBA the Catalyst is a section that they form catalyst groups, and I think it would be a really great opportunity for us to form a women in leadership catalyst group so that we can, you know, the dialogue at combined sections is great, but it's not enough. It really needs to be sort of that ongoing coaching, mentoring, guiding, um, supportive kind of role. So I have been considering the idea, I've looked into it a bit, and I'll make a promise to all of you that I'll get that going. And um, yeah. because we have so we have so many resources that we're not tapping into, and you know, ultimately, I think that affirmation again, the evidence supports that if we have each other supporting each other, affirming each other, we will grow and develop into leadership roles. Yeah, agreed. And and just so that people know, HPA is Health Policy Administration. Yes, well, a, they renamed. Oh, they renamed? Okay. Yep. So it used to be Health Policy and Administration. It's now HPA the Catalyst. Okay. And that is a part of the APTA, part yes, of the American is. Physical yes, Therapy Association. Because yep. I know we said that a lot through the conversation, so I just wanted to clear that up in case someone's like, what is HPA? Why do they keep saying that? Right. Okay. So HPA the Catalyst is a group within the APTA. Right. And then private practice section, mm -hmm. you know, again, which is PPS, I think we could maybe replicate that same kind of conversation and, you know, how do we mentor, guide, support, create those role models um, because it is, it is, it can be scary and leadership can be lonely sometimes and so we really have to build those connections for success. Yeah, absolutely and, you know, I, I like being part of the PPS section. I think there's a lot to offer and my first, P, the, this is the first time I went to a PPS conference was in Orlando and I, it was a, I was a little like, whoa, this is interesting. This is very interesting. It was and interesting. So, you know, we have a great opportunity within PPS. We have, um, PPS has a great conference. They bring in great keynote speakers, mm -hmm. and most keynote speakers, all of the keynote speakers are men. And yeah, so, so, so here's our challenge. We're issuing a challenge here, ladies. We are. There has got to be a successful female entrepreneur and and doesn't have to be a PT right like these keynote speakers are not physical right. therapists that is not a PT who can come and speak at the PPS conference so get your you know go on to Twitter like hit me up at Karen let's see NYC or uh, what's your Twitter Jennifer so it's at JG dubs yeah so yes yeah so hit us up and let us know who would you like to see what what female leader in the business world, marketing, yes. social media, whatever, would you like to see be a keynote speaker at the PPS conference? Get yes. your nominations in. That's right. And it's actually a really exciting time for the private practice section uh, next year, next October in 2016 is the 60th anniversary of the section. And so it'd be a great, great explicit kind of opportunity to have um, a, a female inspirational, motivational speaker. Agreed. So that's the challenge, everybody. Um, so Jennifer, thanks for coming on and sharing all this really great info with us today on the Thursday Quickie. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. So everybody, thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.